Hello and welcome to the Unfiltered Experience with Tara and Louisa. We are two girls who speak the truth about the struggle of never feeling enough whilst growing up in a world of filters and comparison. Here we will have raw, relatable and authentic conversations to empower you on your path to self-development. Come with us on the journey of unlearning. Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 1. Just to preface, this was recorded in December 2023, but we're going to release it in January. Yes, we have a very special announcement. We left you guys last year letting you know that we're going to announce something today. And we'd like to announce that Tara is pregnant. I'm having a baby. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so we've been keeping this a secret, but by this point, I think I'll be about 14 weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. And let me just say the first trimester has been a rocky road. Mm. So I am going to make an episode about the first trimester of pregnancy, Mm. just giving you my full unfiltered experience. But today we have a beautiful special guest, Kate DeRouge. Ladies, congratulations, Tara. Thank you. Kate is a beautiful friend of ours that we met through recovery, the gifts of recovery. And you may want to check out Kate's podcast, Why Do I Feel This Way? Mm. Yep. Which is Kate's full story about her addiction and recovery, which was completely beautiful and enlightening and really inspirational for anyone who might be going through that. Please jump over and have a listen. Mm. We won't go into it today because obviously they can go and check out your podcast, but What we wanted to talk about was we wanted to revisit the body image topic, especially with you, because we know you've had such a journey with body image beliefs, but also talk about body image in reference to pregnancy and Mm. navigating body changes and what that looks like. And we'll have someone that's already had a baby, someone that's never gone through it. And then someone Someone who is about to go through it. (laughs) Yeah. So Kate... Tell us about your journey. Like, give us a little rundown about your body image journey. Wow, it's like, it's it's so multi-layered. But look, I guess in short, I've had body image issues since I can remember. And I, I've had it since I was a little girl, even before I really can understand why I even knew what a body image was. Um, but it's just something that has followed me through my, my whole life. Um, and... Yeah, I think it was a, it played a major role in eventually leading me down the path of addiction and um, and you know that that road. But it, it, you know it, it certainly stuck with me, especially after I put the drugs and alcohol and those um, more dangerous substances down. Like body image and, and food addiction has really stuck with me. But um, you know, I guess one of the biggest challenges that I've had recently um, was going through pregnancy mm. um, and being totally powerless over what was happening to my body. And that was the first time that I'd ever been in that position. Like I'd always been able to restrict or I'd always been able to go on a crazy diet or I'd always been able to take a pill or, or do or do whatever, do drastic measures to, to be thin or to take control over what my body was doing. But Um, You know, all of a sudden I was growing this tiny human and I was in charge of this other life and I had to put the needs of this tiny little baby in front of my own um, and and let go of control and let my body do what it was going to do and it it brought up all of my stuff. Mm. Yeah. I just remember, like, I mean, I listened to your podcast and you were telling us about your childhood experience and being at school 
and going through like the process of like your body changing through puberty and I when I was listening to that like I cried like it brought me to tears and I think it brought me to tears because it brought me back to a part of my life that I'd forgotten and it was like that overwhelming sense of like everybody looks a certain way I don't look like them why don't I and having people having kids around us that just have no filter and they just say whatever they want to say and you know I remember people saying stuff like oh like look at her roles or like look at this or you know certain things and just feeling that shame like it was like someone had poured hot water over my head and I just wanted to run away and hide and pretend that I didn't exist anymore and I feel like yeah like listening to your experience like it was so empowering for me because it was like you had been through this your whole life and maybe like found freedom from it at some point yeah look I'm not gonna I'd love to sit here and say that I live a free world and I love my body Mm. and all the bits and all but like that'd be bullshit and I'm not about to do that because I think it's um, you know the bench mark and the goalposts forever changing with my body Um, Mm. and you know one of the things I've had to do in recovery and as now a 38 year old woman is I've had to stop and actually grieve an idea of what I thought my body needed to be and I've had to um, to look at it you know I woke up out of drugs and alcohol and addiction after 14 years and I wasn't 25 anymore and I wasn't Mm. 22 anymore and I needed to go well like this idea of what I think I need to be to be okay in the world it actually doesn't matter at this point how long I spend on a treadmill or what diet I do yeah like that's actually not who I am anymore so I had to grieve um, a body and an idea of what I thought I needed to be which was a whole other process totally like it is it it's like some of my longest work. Like it's one of those things that just never goes away. Like I can find freedom from, you know, shopping addictions or money addiction or work addiction, but this underlying belief that my worth is attached to my body never leaves me. Mm -mm. And yeah, I guess like I have been going through this being pregnant. I remember still so clearly the first day I tried to put my pants on and they didn't fit. And I already, not already, but like I... I didn't connect to the fact that I had a baby inside of me. I didn't Mm -hmm. connect to to the fact that there was a little human inside of me. All I knew was that I'm getting bigger, my clothes don't fit, and all of a sudden, like, I'm not worthy. Like, it was like this drastic attachment to the fact that Mm. my pants don't fit me anymore. Mm. Yeah, and I think, like, funnily enough for me, just before I got pregnant was the first time in my life I had a relatively good relationship with my body. I'd got Mm. myself without any pills or potions, you know, just a healthy routine of eating well, keeping my body active and my body was in really good shape. Mm. Um, And it, it, and I'm really in some ways, not ashamed, but embarrassed to say this, I guess, when I found out I was pregnant and when I saw the little lines come up on that pregnancy test, the first thing that happened for me was fuck, my body's going to change. Yes. Oh, um, absolutely. And it took yeah. away from that experience of not going, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. This yeah. is the most exciting moment of my life. It's like, fuck, what's going to happen to my body? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, look, my body changed really quickly too. And mm. social media was a real dangerous place for me to hang out in those early times because I would see these mums like, yeah, I've only put on X amount of weight or I've only yeah. done this or, you know, they're just rocking this tiny little bump in the front and nothing else has changed and that wasn't my experience everything changed you know what I mean yeah it changed before you even saw change yeah like I didn't see a bump but all of a sudden I don't fit my clothes like my my hips are widening like I'm like what's happening to my body and I think that I had had an experience where I I had been running for myself for a really long time in recovery and I'd been running for myself in the gym with food with diets blah 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 all the things 
And I think I'd experienced freedom from that to a degree where I had found some acceptance for who I was. And it was like, yeah, this was the thing that was like, oh, here we go. (laughs) We're not in acceptance anymore. No, but I think also for me, it was my, I was ready because I'd found some kind of acceptance. Mm. I think in a way I was ready and knew that I could find acceptance again. Again. And I think that's been what's really helpful is, am I in acceptance at the moment? Not 100%, but Mm. I know that it's possible and I know that it's attainable. What does acceptance look like? Like, are you able to have acceptance when your body isn't necessarily where you would ideally want it to be or does the acceptance come when you feel fit and healthy and and your body's in that aesthetic that you would like um both and neither at the same time if that makes sense like for me one of the challenges has always been when I get to where I think I need to be or the number on the scales turns up or the you know the size in the clothing Mm. is is what I think it needs to be then I change the game anyway and the rules change. So, you know, I, but I guess the acceptance part, especially when I came into recovery, like my body really blew out and it changed again. Like I had to learn to be able to accept my body for what it was in that moment. It didn't mean that that was it and it was final and that's what it was going to be forever. Yeah. But that really helped me be able to be okay with myself in that day and not just, just trash and whip myself all day long. I could go, you know what, this is the body I've got today. I'm okay with it. I'm going to love myself to the best of my ability through this. But I know that there's things that I can do to change. And there's no shame in wanting to change either. Absolutely. And so would you actively tell yourself those thoughts in the morning or was it like a constant thing throughout the day what were your tools to sort of shift that perspective and catch those negative thoughts it all depended on the day like some days it would just be you know a conversation I would have with myself in the morning Mm -hmm. um you know the scales have been a really dangerous thing like I have a set of you were at my house this week and you're like why are these in here (laughs) but they live there and I don't have the willingness to put them away at the minute But like I know that's like if I step on the scales every day, it's probably not a good way to start and set up my day. But I have to have a conversation with myself and it's that old simple trick, you know, would I speak to you the way that I speak to myself? Would I speak to my little sister? Would I even speak to a stranger on the street the way that I speak to myself? Mm. And the answer is no, of course. Um, So, yeah, it's just been checking in with myself and, and pulling myself up when I get in that narrative and when I get in that you know, whipping expedition about you're ugly, you're fat, you don't fit in those clothes, whatever it might be today. And just go, hey, like, well, just give yourself a break and be a little bit kinder. I just recently went through my whole wardrobe and just like put away every single thing that doesn't fit me. It's like Mm -hmm. up Mm. in the cupboard, in a bag, it's gone. And I feel like for me, that was like taking the pressure off of looking at these clothes that are like, you know, even clothes that I maybe didn't even fit into before I was pregnant that I was still holding on to, maybe I'll fit back in them one day. For me, it's like I can get some freedom if I just like put that stuff away and it feeds into the acceptance of like, this is my body now. And I, yeah, can't have scales in the house. Like I can't. So when, when I went for my first pregnancy appointment with the doctor, she said I had to get on the scale and I told her to... I closed my eyes and I said not to say it out loud because I know as soon as I see a number on the scale, I am triggered. Like it takes me right back and depending on, and you'll relate to this, but like 
depending on how I feel in my body is the measure of how I feel about myself. Absolutely. And I can be feeling amazing, get on that scale and instantly my whole world's coming crumbling mm. down. Oh my God, I can actually see myself look different. I can look at myself in yeah. the mirror in the morning and go, okay, we're d- okay. We're right. Okay, girl. And then I can get on the scale and go back and look a totally different way and be like, you're putrid. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the power of a number. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also the power in what I put in my mouth too. Like mm. if there's ways food, like I can feel pretty good in the morning and then go on a binging expedition yeah and the number cannot have changed but i can feel totally different and look a completely different person in the mirror the perspective changes wild can i ask you over the course of your pregnancy with the differences in hormones and stages and trimesters did your hormones and mood directly affect how you saw yourself as well like do you think that impacted you because i know you've been going through the first trimester and there's been a lot of depression and Mm. pain Mm. did you have that experience um look it's hard for me to say I I had um some traumatic events happen through my 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 pregnancy so I guess there was it's hard to know with what was hormones and what was just reality um but yeah of course like how I feel as an overall mood and attitude towards myself and about the world of course it affects Mm. the way but hormones like even out of pregnancy and you girls spoke about it yeah you know recently but like hormones people (laughs) underestimate that shit like that they're wild and the pregnancy hormones are another level I remember you trying hormones for IVF. Were you starting IVF? Not IVF. I wanted to because I'm a bit of an old, an old chook or getting on the, you know, getting up there. I, um, I wasn't sure that having babies was going to be easy for me because I suffer with polycystic ovarian syndrome and a bunch of other things. So while I still had, um, they call them healthy eggs or whatever, I went through the process of just freezing some eggs mm. and those hormones sent me... Mm batshit i think i rang you insane one day (laughs) no well i know you to be one of the calmest and most regulated women i know yeah and i was i was like okay hormones are serious it was the first time i realized hormones is something to take really seriously because you were in all sorts oh my god and i'd never seen you like that and the worst part was is that i knew i was in all sorts and i knew that i was being unreasonable and i knew that i was being totally out of control it was like an out-of-body experience i was looking at myself going kate like what are you doing but i just had no control Mm. over what was coming out of my mouth um, or how I was behaving. My poor partner. Like, I, that's <laughs> yes. all, I'm sorry. That's all I have to say. Uh, when I look back, like, I am sorry, but I have been a nightmare. Like, it's zero to 100. There is no in between. There's no pause. Like, a big thing we learn in recovery is like pause, you know? Thought, break, then action. Absolutely no break. Like, it's just, as, as soon as I get a feeling, like, you're knowing about it and I'm going to go ballistic. And thankfully, my partner is very open-minded and he puts it down to the hormones. Okay, we're pregnant. It's all good. But it is extreme. And I go to a point where my hormones have made me so outwardly angry at people that I then isolate myself. And that fuels the depression because I'm like, now everyone hates me. Now I've ruined everything. Yeah, it's now I'm, I'm the worst person in the world. Absolutely. And then, you know, on top of that, what happened for me is that all of that chatter and, and that anger and depression, well, that, that feeds and fuels the way that I eat too, because yes. food becomes um, my way of regulating and comforting myself. Totally. Um, and when I'm not doing well in my mental health or my hormones are 
you know, or skew if and whatever, like food is where I go. So mm. then that fed into my whole body image and the way I viewed myself through my pregnancy. Yeah. And one of the things that I look back, like in hindsight, I didn't realise it at the time, but I became really obsessed with the number on the scale mm. and looking up um, like women's blogs on how much weight they'd put in put on um, in their pregnancies and I got wow. right into how much was baby, how much was placenta, how much was fat, how much was this wow. and it was become a really unhealthy obsession as to going well hang on I can I can justify x amount of uh, x amount of kilos to being baby and normal but this much as your fat and it, yeah. like it became um, a really unhealthy obsession mm. um, so yeah I get like that would be one of my tips for you is to stay out of other people's ideas and businesses because totally. pregnancy is 100% different for everybody mm. Absolutely. Um, and the journey you know no two journeys are the same yeah I've actually found it really interesting that I, I haven't found a podcast that I relate to like I've been searching to find someone that's having my experience you know tell me what to do because you have the same thing as me and it just doesn't exist and and it's very individual and I just I've had to learn to accept that I am where I am regardless and that's it and yeah. that's all that matters as long as you know it's you're healthy in it like what happens to your body and and all of that is is a hundred percent unique to you um and yeah it's 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 just about finding a way to be kind and to yourself through it totally which I feel like I th I think I have reached a point where you know, I'm starting to show it's starting to become, okay, we're pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't about my body anymore. This isn't about my self-esteem issue. This isn't about my worth. Like this is about creating a safe, healthy environment for a child to develop. And I feel like when that priority changes, I become less self-centered. Like it's not about me anymore. It becomes more about this little girl inside me. And yeah <laughs> it's like the ultimate service yes you know it's like the best antidote to self-obsession like suddenly you take that mother role and your role is to like form this healthy baby and mm. it takes away that like addiction to being aesthetic you mm. know because you're being of service to like a little a little muffin, a little muffin. I think if I was buying size 12 to 14 and size large clothes like not being pregnant I think I'd have a heart attack and now I'm like give me the extra large make it as baggy as possible like do you know yes. what I mean like I'm embracing like the size difference That's do you know what beautiful. I mean like it's like I don't care anymore. I'm like, whatever's going to be comfortable and fits me, that's the priority. Yeah, and I tried really hard and like, just to be really honest, so uh, that was the, uh, the most beautiful tool through pregnancy and I was able to do that for the most part mm. and go, this isn't about me. This is about, you know, being a mum and, and having this little person and being totally responsible for, for that. But it was, it was interesting um, and how hard we are, or I am on myself, like as soon as that baby was out, mm. the expectation on myself to be magically fixed was instant. It was like, right, well that baby, I've done, job done, yes. tick that box. And now it's like, well, now your body's not okay. And that's when the whipping um. Um, began again. Um, so yeah, it's it's been, and that's the thing about body image and the struggles, like it's that constant pivot and moving and, and learning how to, you know, re-love and re-accept myself um, as things change. Totally. Steph Claire Smith was talking about this mm. recently. I think Louise and I both watched the video. I don't know if you saw it, but she was like kind of like addressing this bounce back culture mm. of like 
this bounce back body like and being praised people being praised for bouncing back so quickly gosh you look, you don't even look like you've had a baby and she's like this is part of the problem like no. why is awful. that a compliment it's yeah. awful it's and I found that really hard and I again social media became such a dangerous place mm. for me to hang out in you know postpartum yeah. and it still can be now for lots of reasons and that's all other discussion but um yeah like seeing mums just wake up and being like you know yes I've got my flat tummy and I've done this in a week and it's like fuck that's not my experience mm. and it made me feel like I'd done it wrong yes. and and failed and mothers showing up on instagram looking picture perfect mm. like everything's clean we've got nice freshly done hair like it's Ugh. like that's not true i remember one morning waking up and i'd had a rough morning and a rough night with hudson and i realized after i'd been walking around with one boob hanging out <laughs> and just my t-shirt off and i had spew in my hair yep. and i was like nailing it but that um, is motherhood yeah right and if that's not your experience that's and if fine. you wake up and you're perfect well that's good for you too but yeah. like that wasn't and i wanted to see more mums with their boob out and forgetting that yeah. their yes. maternity bra had broken and it was all hanging out um yeah. that's what i needed for me yeah. yeah yeah well i've got to say coming from someone that hasn't gone through this journey yet all and it's incredibly vain and i'm willing to own that how Nothing shallow it is that. but all i can think about is like my life ends at that point, right? Mm. It's like my attractiveness ends there. I need to make the most of my peak or I need to like do as much as I can now while I'm still like young and attractive and have a body or whatever. Mm. And and my my life like ends when I become pregnant and then, you know, and then I'm no longer desirable. Yeah. And that's all I can think about because obviously I haven't made that decision yet to be excited about bringing a human into the world. But it obviously is in relation to how I feel about myself and my self-esteem and my worth being wrapped up in my externals mm. and all that stuff. But I think like hearing you talk about how like it's given you a surrender mm. to, you know, that stuff that you were always obsessed about is really reassuring. And it's really sad that as a 27 year old woman, like that's the things I think about when becoming pregnant rather than just the, the joy and the privilege to hold a baby, you know? Yeah, but don't it's the same, like never feel ashamed of that. Like, again, like to be totally transparent, like I have been through the experience of having a beautiful baby and he is my everything. Mm. Um, Oh, it just it just nearly brings me to tears whenever I think of him and, and just being a mum. However, on the flip side, like I also want to have another baby mm. and I'd be lying if I didn't say there's a fear and um, a like I'm, I'm, I'm putting it off because yeah. you know, I'm procrastinating because I know that I have to go through that journey with my body again. So I don't. You know, I think that it's it's really normal and, and super and probably way more common than we even know yes. that mo I, I reckon you'd struggle to find many women that don't mm. have that conversation to go, what the fuck's going to happen to my hoo-ha? Like, what's mm. going to happen <laughs> to my titties, my beautiful little perky boobies? Like, where are they going to go? Yeah. And it's, I think that's a really common unspoken about fear because, mm. like, oh, I should just celebrate the idea of being a mum. Mm. But, like, there's also... And again, I wouldn't give up what I've got for the world. Mm. Um, but like there's sacrifice, the sacrifice that comes with it. And I think fear is totally okay. Mm. Oh, I, it keeps me up at night thinking about <laughs> delivering a baby through my vagina. Yeah. Like genuinely. It's a scary thought. I, 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 I learned something the other <laughs> day that there's this postpartum amnesia 
And so as women, like we release chemicals in our brain that make us forget how painful and awful and terrible that experience is Mm. so that we want to remate and re- I can tell you from the experience. It's true. It's true. And look, <laughs> and, and, and also let me say, like, I understand some women have horrendous experiences and they're mm. quite traumatic and I, and I count my blessings every mm. day that it yeah. wasn't that for me. Mm. But, like, actually giving birth, the bit where the baby comes out, was the mo- I could I wish I could live in that moment. Oh, really? It was the most emotional, okay. empowering yeah. moment Beautiful. of my life. To know that my body did, oh my God, it just makes me emotional oh. thinking about it. But to know that my body could do that yeah. and then to create this beautiful little yeah. life and to have it, like, I didn't give a shit about mm. my vagina. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, stop it. <laughs> but, um, like, if I could relive, like, pregnancy was one thing, but if I could relive one moment, it was that moment when my body did the ultimate, mm. you know, and, and I love hearing gave that. a child. Yeah, I've I love hearing euf- that. I've heard the euphoric, oh. like, we talk about, recovery right we're recovering from drugs like we've had the ultimate highs in our lives um using substances that take you to levels that nothing will ever take you to and hearing mothers that have been through that saying this will beat that that feeling of euphoria will beat any high and i don't think you can actually describe it to anybody Mm. until that moment yeah well it's like the ultimate peak of love isn't it yeah you know and i think there would be a release of you know those serotonin and the oxytocin. love oxytocin like yeah. all the love hormones and are going wild, wild adrenaline yeah. yeah it's um it's a pretty special moment well that's reassuring because my mum was in labor with me for 27 hours and yeah. i was forcep delivery so <laughs> she went through a bit poor ruth yeah shout out my mum had me on all fours in the hallway of the hospital because she was too busy watching the closing ceremony <laughs> of the olympics to realize she was in labor <laughs> And was like, oh, I think the baby's Oopsies. coming out. And then and the, the student midwife was like taking her down to the birthing suite. And she's like, nah, it's, it's happening. And I came out on the floor. I have a question. Welcome. <laughs> Do you find having a child has healed parts of you and your inner child? Wow, what a beautiful question. Um, healed, yes. And I, it's, it's probably made, helped me realise the parts of my inner child that need to be healed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's made me, having a child has, has really highlighted the pieces of work that I still have to do that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. And I think there'll be some of my biggest pieces of work. And um, I realised recently that body image is, is the biggest piece of work that I'll ever do, I think, in my in my life mm. and in my recovery um, and that all links back to that little girl just not thinking that she was enough and that she could be enough in the skin that she had um, so yeah it, it's probably just highlighted it more where where the work is left to do and I think as well I just want to acknowledge like your body image beliefs like everyone's got these body image beliefs but Kate like yours was you were shamed on a public scale mm. for your body and like I don't personally think I would know how to ever go through something like that oh i had one boyfriend tell me that i should go to the gym and i've never let that go Mm. like i can't imagine on a national scale do you know what i mean like how was that for you and how are you who you are today because the like it's really incredible um yeah and look again i won't sit here and say oh it's been so beautiful it's been a lovely experience like it was fucked yeah um and really painful and and to have a whole I won't say everybody, but a, a large group of people criticise me for the way that I looked on a public forum and have no voice. I think that's been the hardest thing for me is to have all these people have their opinion of me 
um, mm. and have no voice and, and, and have no space to have, you know, have my say in it has been really painful. But it's just been a process and it's, you know, everybody's worst time is their worst time with, with that stuff and, and it's all relative, I guess. But, yeah, it, it takes time and, and, yeah, I wish I had a magical answer to that question, mm, but it's a working progress for me and I think it is for everybody um, when it comes to the relationships with their bodies. For anyone who's young and watching our podcast that mm. wasn't around in, what year was it? 2000. <laughs> 2004, you would have been baby. I was in year one and I remember the really? you winning. Yes. Well, well I, I, don't remember, I don't remember Australian Idol, but I definitely remember the Young Divas. Mm. That was like my childhood. I, well, Australian Idol was like the biggest television event because back then we didn't have Netflix. No, everybody was watching free-to-air TV. So we knew it was like a, it was an event. Mm. Everyone was at their home at 7.30 p.m. when the show was on. I don't think there is that culture around TV as much anymore because you can. there's so many options. Mm. There's so much dilution of what everyone's watching. But back then it was like the entire country was watching was that show, you know, and one of the judges made comments about your weight mm. and that was, wasn't was just shown to like a small fraction of people, you know. And oh, there was magazine covers, like... Well, it went on from there and it's followed me through my life, you know yeah. what I mean? It's never just been about Kate as a singer or Kate as in anything it's always been yep. like for example when you know in Google when you put someone's name and it predicts what the topic will be <gasps> wow. it goes Kate Derouge before it was ice it was um because that was way more interesting <laughs> but it used to just be you know Kate Derouge weight oh that was the prediction God. so it's just been something that's followed me forever yeah you are yeah. so inspiring like mm. your courage to even be vulnerable on your podcast, but just to address this like front on and share your story. Like I know it's probably been such a journey for you to like, I know I'd want to hide forever, you know, but like you're like taking your power back, you know, like this is who I am. It's really interesting. I said on my podcast and I've said for a long time, like certain parts of my body I won't show in public and, Mm. and that wanting to hide. And since I've started, instead of, being ashamed of the relationship I have with my body since I've started talking about it openly and on social media and I've noticed that I'm able to challenge that part of me like I would never leave the house in a pair of short denim shorts always wanted to be one of those girls that was rocking down you know in summer with short shorts and a singlet on I would never fucking do that you couldn't pay me to do it and the other day I was like no you know what I'm talking about and it's it's helped me heal yeah and it's also helped me um you know I Talking about it and hear other to hear other women talk about like you girls for example you know and I'll and I and I love you girls so much it's actually crazy but you two ladies had one of the greatest lessons for me I always thought young beautiful women because that's all I thought I needed to be to be okay in the world when I saw young beautiful women I was like well, how the fuck would they even know what a body image issue was and mm. I say that with embarrassment now knowing what I know mm. um, but to understand it's it's helped me understand that it actually doesn't matter. Mm. What size, what shape, what height, how big your bum is, how beautiful your bum is, how juicy it is, whatever. Like Mm -hmm. I've been 132 kilos and I've been 60 kilos Mm -hmm. and I felt the same about my body every step of the way. Um, And it's actually irrelevant what goes on on the outside. It's a 100% an inside job. Yeah. And I think maybe throughout the process of recovery, you've started to realise that. Absolutely. Like before it was always like my worth is about 
my size or my body and the mm. way I look. And now it's beginning to be a self-acceptance issue. Like it's not actually about anything external. It's about what's on the inside. It's so like hard to, it's such a gaslight, right? Like, because it really feels like it is about your body. Totally. Like the, 100%. the thoughts yeah. and the obsession. And it feels like if I just get that one thing, mm. I will accept myself. I went through an experience where I could not accept one area of my body and I surgically changed it mm-hmm. and it was the next thing. Absolutely. And, and I also realise like I try and find it in relationships that you know I try and get somebody else to validate the way I feel and on all of, like it's it's I feel like this is a topic you could actually talk about forever forever <laughs> and ever <laughs> but yeah it's so multi-layered and I it just comes back to at the end of the day for me that it's got nothing to do with anybody else uh, you know nothing it, it's really about my internal world yeah um, and it's yeah it's forever a work in progress mm. can I just say like when I found out just recently that the gender of my child was a girl like instantly I got this influx of like emotion and mm. joy and like love and, and I felt connected straight away. And then I realized like I'm now a role model to this girl. Mm. So everything I say, the way I behave, the way I think, because that really projects into my behavior, this is going to affect that little girl. And do I want her to have my experience? Absolutely not. And it's like already I'm starting to reframe the way I think about myself because I'm like, what? legacy do I want to carry for this person this little person do 100%. I want her to feel the way that I do I've already started to think how am I going to show her she's worthy at all stages of her life I I know that I want to stop that cycle of it being about our our weight or the way we look externally like I want to stop that straight away mm. when she's born yeah not let it even be commented on in the house it's not a thing yeah. we don't even talk about it because I'm I know I flippantly make comments about myself whether I'm being serious or not, like yeah. that, those words fall out of my mouth. So it's got to become a, a, a perspective shift in my mind so that my, my behavior, my words and my actions all align mm. to believe that I believe that I'm worthy mm. yeah. Absolutely. for this person. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's such a, it's such a um, complex discussion, body image. It's, yeah. it's so complicated. Mm. I want to say, Kate, like there's actually no better, like there's no more credible human being to talk about this topic than you like if I was listening to this podcast and I was dealing with body shame and body image like your story is such an inspiration to like get up and keep going because it's like listening to you know some really awful breakup stories when you're in a breakup you're like if they can do it I can can, you know because yeah I think like what you've been through and the public side of it is just it's like tenfold Oh, I don't know how to take compliments like that very well, but I'll take it. <laughs> it made me feel all uncomfortable. But I, um, yeah, look, it, it is. It's, it, and it's, I wish that I could sit here and say there was this magical yeah. wand and solution. But also, I, if I hadn't, someone had said that to me, I would have told them to fuck off because it's just not true. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it is... It's it's a process, and it's, but it is doable. Like, mm. I, I've got up every day, and no matter where you know and whether where I am in my eating disorder or size that I'm in you know I've just got to get up and and go okay well this is who I am today and this is where I am today doesn't mean I have to accept it Mm. but let's just practice kindness Mm. and if I start with kindness towards myself like change is always possible 
so beautiful. I think your message is that no matter what you've gone through, you can live a life that you want to live. Absolutely. Authentically to you because like regardless of what people have said or what's been public or your addiction or whatever, like you've come back, you've had got a beautiful relationship you're Mm. working on your relationship with your body you're in recovery you've had a child like you've just bounced you've gone no like I still deserve what I want in life and that is the ultimate worth even though you still battle with those thoughts and belief systems it's like in the face of those belief systems I'll still give myself what I what I want what I what what I want and what I deserve Yeah. yeah and I and I show up for myself every day in one way or another you know what I mean and that's the most important part um, and yeah, I think it also comes down to a lot like surround yourself with people that, yeah. you know, support mm. you and love you for who you are. And if anybody doesn't line up to that, fuck them off. Absolutely. And that sounds really rough, but I had to ex- like exit a lot of people from my life that didn't, didn't make me feel or support who I was, you know, for who, who I was in, in this time in my life. Um, and that's been a really big part of it. Like be, be careful who you surround yourself with. Yeah. Our audio decided to stop working here, so we actually didn't catch the rest of the recording of the episode, which was just an outro. But we hope you thoroughly enjoyed this beautiful interview with Kate and her insight into body image. Please go check out her podcast. It's on Spotify, YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Now we are about to start season two, so we'll be back to weekly episodes I hope you all had an incredible summer. Tara and I are sending you lots of love and we can't wait to debrief in the next episode. Please leave us a lovely review if you enjoyed the app. See you next time. Bye.